0: If you would please take your Bible, Second Kings, chapter seven. I love this story. I love the message. I believe that God has for us out of it. So, if you'll turn there, I, every once in a while, I just like to read it for myself at home. But I got a blessing out of it, so I want to be a blessing to you. In Second Kings, chapter seven. Then Elisha said, "Hear thee the word of the Lord." Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow by this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Before I read the rest of it now, I want to read some more, but before I do, remember now in chapter 6, on back a little bit, you find that uh, the children of God is uh, being uh, in a siege by this wicked king, and uh, they're fixing to attack them and take over. Now they've been in uh, famine, don't have anything to eat, and nothing to drink, and they're literally starving to death. And so that's how chapter 7 starts off. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith, the Lord, tomorrow about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And what, what reason I wanted to say that to show you, that from here on now it's going to take a great miracle. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make winners in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the end of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no man there, for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of the chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host, and they said one to another, lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose, and fled in the twilight, and left their tents, and their horses, and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these levers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent, and did eat, and drank, and carried thence silver, and gold, and raiment and went, and hid it. And came again, and into another tent, and carried thence also, and went, and hid it. And they said one to another, We do not well, this day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tear it to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the port of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the, king, to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry, therefore they gone out to the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city, behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of Israel that are consumed, and let us send and see. And they took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto the Jordan, and lo, all the way it was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast into their tent uh, haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, would you bless the study now in the reading of Thy Word, and each of us, and each one of hears, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was reading this story, and here's the story now: four leprous men who made an amazing discovery, then felt the. Uh, compel to share it with many people as possible. Now, every story in the Bible has a primary reason and a secondary reason. The first thing that I want you to see here tonight is that uh, this is a picture of getting good tidings. Now remember what the the verse said over here in verse 9. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This is a day of good tidings. Remember what the gospel is. The gospel is good tidings. Amen? And so the whole story is a picture of getting the gospel out. Now, especially verse 9. Now, I want to compare that with the Christians today. Notice number one, the privilege that we enjoy. This is a day of good tidings. The leper said, and ever since Jesus died on the cross, some 2,000 years ago, Christians have had this good news. We live in the day of grace. Sinners can be assured of a welcome if they would come to the Savior. John 6, verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I'll in no wise cast out. We live in the days of good tidings, good days, and Jesus wants us to admit to. And to commit these things unto the hearts of men and women. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and sup with him and he with me. Now in the mercy of God, uh, we today have had the good news given to us and we're to give it out. But the privilege we have when all around the world is perishing and starving. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. Amen. We're privileged. We have the gospel. And we're to give it out to the world. The lost person is like these inside the city. Without God, without hope in the world. We're saved and sound and bound for the heavenly city. Now that's a privilege that we enjoy. Number two, the sin we commit. Verse 9 Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. And uh, what I'm trying to show you today, these lepers are like Christians today that know they're saved. They have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they keep silent. And that's the crime of silence. Churches are full of Christians today singing about God's great salvation. But during the week, they hold their peace. Our silence is sin against the Lord who depends upon us. Did you know there's something I found out right after I got saved? That is that God don't holler out His salvation from heaven. He don't speak audibly from heaven anymore. He uses us. He uses human beings to get His gospel out. And we're sinning when we don't do it. The danger that we face is number three. The leper said we do not well. Now verse 9 in the middle of it says, If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. When you hold our peace, people around us are dying and going to hell. Let me show you something from Ezekiel for just a minute. The book of Ezekiel. And uh, I just want to read you a couple of verses if I can. I'd, I'd like to read the whole chapter because it has a lot to say about those that say, the preachers especially. They won't preach the gospel. But listen to verse 7. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt uh, hear the word at thy mouth, and warn them from me. When I send the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I acquire at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way, to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Now, if you read David, it said what David said in Psalm 51, verse 14 and 15, says some of the same thing. The silence, the sin of silence, will result in the loss and rewards of the judgment seat of Christ. Also, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 and through 15. You know what I want to preach the gospel for? I want to see people saved, but I want a reward when I get to heaven to lay at Jesus' feet. And that's why we ought to get the gospel out. I heard just this week of a big church. Now, the pastor was there for years. They was running nearly 3,000 in Sunday school. And that pastor left for some reason. I don't know what the reason was, but he left. They got another pastor in, He did a little bit, uh, it got a little worse. and Then he left. They got another pastor in, and they found out he wasn't what he was supposed to be. And that church now is running around 300 in Sunday school. Now think about that. From 3,000 down to 300. And somebody will look around, there; they'll find some fault why that happened. Do you know what? I, I looked at that, and I said, Man, I feel bad about that. I feel horrible to think about that a gospel-preaching church that preaches a gospel, how saved people. And one day they have 3,000 and the next day they have 300. And look at the opportunity that's lost to get the gospel out. All those people that saved and now they're not going to church. They're not even serving the Lord. That's a testimony. And you lose your testimony when you're not doing what God tells you to do. The fourth thing is the action we must take. Now, I love this. Go back with me, please, to Kings. Did you hear, I, I, I don't. I forget who it was, but I think it was Obama, uh, said to Trump that uh, the, the, the uh, economy, he was going to get the economy back up and running good. And Obama said it would be impossible a miracle if it happened. Now that's exactly what happened here. Now I want you to watch this. And uh, beginning in verse 32 of chapter 6, but Elisha sat in his house, and the elder sat with him. And the king sent a man from him before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elder, See how this son of a murderer has sent to take away my head? Look. When the messenger cometh, shut the door, and hold fast at the door. Is not the sound of the master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with him, behold, the messenger came down unto him, and he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? Now, here's a man, and, and I, I can't go back and read it all, but go back a little bit further. And here's a man that stood by the king's hand, and Elijah said, uh, Tomorrow. Uh, in verse 1 of chapter 7, uh, a measure of fine flour be so for a shekel. That's just a little bit. And well, there was no flour. There's nothing available. And he made fun of Elijah. He even went to the forest to slap him. Now, beginning in 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 9, down through verse 11, five things here. There must be a determined action on our part. Notice what it said. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell. That's a determined action. You have to determine you're going to serve the Lord when it comes to this matter of getting the gospel out. Number two, there must be united action. Notice, let us, said the lepers. They did this thing together. Now, if you go to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Jesus told his disciples to go out he he sent them out 2 by 2. Do you know when you're going out to, to witness to people you need a partner? You know why? If you go out knocking on doors and you go out witness for the Lord and the first time somebody slap uh, slammed a door in your face or, or cuss you out because you're bothering them, and uh you quit and go home. But if you got a partner with you and somebody's praying with you and going with you, you just keep on going for the Lord. And that's why you need to go two by two. And these two makes me think of how Jesus sent them out to get the gospel out. Then there must be a sacrificial action. Verse 9 says, The word, you notice the word go, don't wait. Going when we should involve sacrifice. Now, uh, I remember when I first started out praying, uh, Witnessing This friend of mine became a very close friend of mine in the church, but he he just aggravated me. I mean, really, I worked all day laying blocks at that time, and I'd come home so tired, I didn't feel like doing anything. And he called me and said, uh, get a shower and get dressed, I'll be by in a minute to get you home to go show in it. And he'd come by and I'd be so tired, I'd get dressed and go with him. Next night he'd do the same thing, he just kept on there, wouldn't let me rest. And I thank God for that. Because it takes sacrifice. If you're going to go soul winning, if you're going to win people to the Lord, it's going to take something up. Some of your time, some of your energy, you're going to have to spend it for the Lord. You're going to have to make time to do it. Now, the next thing you'll see is there must be vocal action. Verse 9, I want you to notice the word tell. There's something all can do, and that is tell. Go tell it. I, I laugh at people and say, Preacher, I don't know how to win people to the Lord. I don't know how to be a soul winner. And you know what I tell every one of them? And it's a fact. You can tell somebody how you got saved. Amen? That's all you gotta do. All you gotta do is tell somebody how you got saved. I got to lead a man the Lord here a while back, and I just sat down and began to talk with him. I said, can, can I tell you something how I got saved? He wanna know how I become a preacher. I said, Let me tell you how I got saved. And telling him how I got saved, he got saved. And he asked the Lord to save him. You must tell it. Then fifthly, there must be an urgent action. The leper said, if we tarry, uh, something's going to happen to us. Now what? The time is short. The lost are dying. The Lord's coming. The opportunity is going. Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, what happens when Christians are willing to go and tell? Look now, let's begin to read in verse 9. Then they said one to another, We do not will. This is day of good tidings. And they went out and told it. And if you read on down, they come back reaping and bringing the good news to everyone. Four lepers told one porter. The one porter, porter told the other porters. Those porters told the king. The king told the whole city. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 5 a minute. Acts chapter 5. don't you listen to these verses? Verse 40 down through verse 42. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. You see, it goes from one to another, to another, to another. I was reading the other day uh, about Peter and his conversion. And uh, his brother got saved, and then he went and told Peter. And when you when you read that story, you you never hear much about his brother from that time on, but you hear a great deal about Peter. Now think about it. Here's somebody that is not much mentioned in the Bible. He, re, he uh, leads Peter to Christ, but Peter preaches to millions. I can't remember the preacher that I love to read his story about it, but I got it in one of the books of the house. He talked about uh, somebody that was not important, led him to Christ. But he was a great pastor all over the world and led many to the Lord. You never know who you're going to affect and what they're going to do for the Lord. That's what excites me. That's what we used to be. I I used to love to teach the little boys and girls. Because you never knew which one of them was going to be a song leader in a great church someday, or who was going to be a great pastor, or who just somebody's going to be a soul winner one day. They would grow up and serve the Lord. And now I want to show you something. Remember, I said you get rewards for what you do. Think about this: if I win, brother Gibbs, to the Lord. And Brother Gibbs goes out and wins 50 to the Lord. And they win a bunch of people. Lord, did you know I get part of the rewards that he gets and they get right on down the line? We're going to stand together in heaven one day? That's what soul winning is all about. If you read this story, here's two lepers. That means a type of a sinner. Leprosy in the Bible speaks of sin. That means two people, the sinners, and they went and found the goodness that God had provided, the good news. They went back and told it. And many thousands in that city were blessed because of what they went and told. That's getting the gospel out. It's just as simple as that. There's no big deal about getting the gospel out. It's just a matter of God's people would go tell it. Amen. I was talking to Mary the other day about the iPod. As a man in Korea listened to it. Can you imagine that? There's, there's some in India. And all, and she, she was telling me all the names of the uh, countries that listened to it. And I thought to myself, there's one guy coming from uh, Tokyo, Japan, and he's listening to it. I can't understand him, Marley. And, and he talked with him, but... I, I thought to myself, old country boy like me? They ain't even Americans can understand me and here He is over there, and God blessed the Word of God, I never thought in a million years something like this could happen. And yet God used it. Isn't that something? I glory in it every day of my life. God can use you too. That's what I'm saying. Stand with me please. Heavenly Father, would You bless us in Jesus' name tonight. And Lord, when we've got something good to give out to people. Like these men found all this treasure and all this food and went and hid it. And I think of all the Christians that's gotten saved by God's grace and hiding it and not telling it. And Father, they come to themselves, the Bible said, and said, let us go share it. That's sharing the gospel. Bless us, we pray tonight now. And help us to be sharing the good news that Jesus saves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.